Thank you for choosing Doc's News. Your only source to the conservative Caligula. I am your host, a leftist made of straw. Today's date is May 25th, 2021. Let the record show. I think just like five days short of the one year anniversary of this thing. Anyways, we begin with the Pledge of Allegiance, per usual, Tox News Way, and Pledge Allegiance to liberty and justice for all. All right, so we've got Militia Watch update times two since they missed last week, and then I've got a just, you know, grab bag of right-wing segments to get through, except for one. One is like an hour long, so I'll probably just break it up into pieces. Um, I've never heard of this channel, um, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. And then, of course, uh, we've got Benny continuing with his defense of Israel over the right of Palestinians. Anyways, uh, let's get the ball a-rolling with the Militia Watch. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Militia Watch update back. You can find it, uh, plus there are other articles at Militia.watch. Find them in, on Twitter at Militia Watch. And this week's updates include National Popcorn Day, Boogaloo Planning Unearthed for Inauguration, and then we have first active duty officer arrested in connection to J6. And then we have Kenosha police release token trophies. And then we have polo wearing AR-15 brandisher runs for office. And then we have Department of Homeland Security establishes CP3. So we begin with the J6 related and other legal updates. Now, a hack. And subsequent dump of 250 gigs of data from the Capitol Police has yielded a treasure, treasure trove of information about the J6 storming of the U.S. Capitol building and what happened in its wake. Perhaps most relevant to the Militia Watch angle, though, is an extensive line of inquiry about a Bulu Cell's discussion of attacking landmarks in D.C. around the inauguration as part of a plan referred to as Operation Stormbreaker. This includes a map of high and low priority targets, as well as identified fortifications throughout the city. The National Guard, fearing this could be indicative of boogaloo operations for quote-unquote National Popcorn Day, even deployed troops specifically to the power plant behind the U.S. Capitol building, predicting it would be a target by the far-right armed activists. A major in the Marines Corps, was arrested on the 13th of May on charges related to the storming of the U.S. Capitol building. The man, Christopher Wanagiris, is the first active duty military officer charged and the 440th person overall charged since the state began investigating the storming. Guy Refit, the Texas 3%ers J6 attendee who threatened his children in an attempt to frighten them from turning him into the feds, says that some J6 defendants are now referring to their social group behind bars as the Sixers. The one Sixers. That's cute. They've got they, they've got a new nickname now. That's it's wonderful. Uh, I, I love it when, you know, armed militia groups come up with cute names for themselves after socializing behind bars. Anyways, Refit also claims that they sing the national anthem every day while awaiting federal trial. The 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 one sixers 
I'm not sure if I'm even saying this right. Is it the sixth ers or the one-sixth one, ers? Uh, I'm not sure. Are described as people chatting about things, but a letter from jail authored by Refit reads more like a commitment to the exact politics and actions that landed Refit and his buddies under federal scrutiny. It leads, of course, with the following sentence. The sixers, or the one-sixthers. Perhaps the most tragic event of January 6th was the focal point was lost. The California man who threatened to battle against Democrats apparently had a three percenters decal on his car. The man has now claimed in court that he built the five fully operational pipe bombs for, quote, leisure functions solely, unquote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pipe bombs are great for relaxing, you know, relaxing on the beach. For sure. Uh, one of the United Pharaohs Guard Boogaloo adherents from Louisville pleaded guilty to encouraging a riot in the city on the same day as the storming of the U.S. Capitol building in D.C. And then a charged Wolverine Watchman member has agreed to cooperate with prosecutors for more lenient charge related or charges related to his alleged involvement in the plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Max Maxwell Wickoff has agreed in his plea to uh, his plea deal to help the state in the ongoing investigation into eight men directly involved with the militia cell. Very nice. Turn coding on your own comrades to get a lesser sentence. Now we have Kenosha coins. The Kenosha County Sheriff's Department has released challenge coins to show appreciation for the police who came to Kenosha in the wake of the police shooting of Jacob Blake. The police response not only included police officers thanking armed white vigilantes on camera, throwing them water bottles and thanking the group that included Kyle Rittenhouse, but resulted in a situation where an empowered Kyle Rittenhouse house shot three demonstrators killing two challenge coins are not documents and are often purchased by individuals and circulated around departments as freedom of information act requests or foia requests are unlikely to turn many up at least three different challenge coins related to the august 2020 unrest have been publicly identified a thin blue line one an extremely busy civil unrest 2021 featuring the crest of the kenosha police and one that shows a row of police in riot gear reading hold the line which are all displayed below. So if you want to see these coins, they are on uh, Militia Watch's website, which challenge coins is a very weird concept to have when you have a bunch of vigilantes coming to defend uh, private property from protesters. Uh, weird. Weird. It's like, that's like beating a challenge in Call of Duty. Like, hey, shoot three protesters in a head and get a, you know, hold the line coin from the Kenosha police. It's weird. It's very weird. Um... We got a little bit more here. It says, state politics section. A Colorado GOP legislator spoke at a QAnon-linked anti-vaccine rally at the Colorado State Capitol building because QAnon meeting with the anti-vaccine was only a matter of time. She encouraged the adherents of the loose-knit network of conspiracy theorists to continue to broadcast the facts. <laughs> Representatives from the totally not a militia armed paramilitary militia group United American Defense Force also showed to the rally as a secure as security. The UADF, as they are known, was encouraged by the events organizer not to show up after the group's leader, Joe Altman, was denied a speaker role at the rally. Oh, my God, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. 
I, I really love it when conspiracy theorists can't like fully develop their shit together. I love it. Washington, because uh, like the, the, the less cohesion there is, the, the better off the rest of society truly is. Washington Governor Jay Inslee signed a bill on the 12th of May that bans open carry of firearms at protests and at the state capitol building. SB 5035 also bans knives, bats, and more within 250 feet of a permitted protest anywhere in the state that is at least going to attempt to uh i don't know deter violence but you know that acts of violence of themselves are already illegal so i guess if you can preemptively arrest somebody just for having a weapon um that's that's you know that's at least that's something but then it's also it's basically just going to promote promote more concealed carry so uh, people are going to be more uh, sneaky with their weaponry at protests. Cool. Mark McCloskey, a man most famous for pointing a gun at BLM demonstrators outside his home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where's McCloskey been? He he has announced he is running for U.S. Senate. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. In an absolutely absurd campaign announcement ad, the wealthy St. Louis lawyer poses in a flannel shirt, gold cross necklace peeking through his unbuttoned shirt. He leads the ad, quote, when an angry mob marched to destroy my home and kill my family, I took a stand to defend them. <laughs> As images of him and his wife brandishing firearms outside of their mansion flicker on the screen. Pastoral images of a dog running around open fields in McCloskey waddling across the screen wielding a chainsaw are backed by a proof of life reading of a script that hits all the predictable talking points. As the ad switches gears, McCloskey walks around dilapidated areas of St. Louis, uh, Louis still wearing his working class costume, shaking his head at BLM signs as he says, quote, cancel culture and critical race theory are ruining the U.S. I, I'm going to look up this ad as soon as I am done with this. Oh, yeah. A three percenter sticker identified on a Pennsylvania power company truck was removed from the utility vehicle, and the company has begun an internal probe into the logo's appearance on the truck. It appeared alongside a thin blue line flag decal. Um, that one's not relevant to McCloskey, but McCloskey is basically running on the same kind of momentum that got Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Lauren Boebert elected, which is just being a really efficient media personality, a great conservative meme, because if you can at least be memeified and you know your popularity is sent through the incendiary anti-woke culture bullshit that you can say, you don't need some substantial policy statements you just need a gun and say i'll shoot i'll shoot democrats and bada boom bada bing you're in the house of representatives or congress so that's or, or senate so that's good for mccloskey you know follow your dreams i'm gonna look up that ad as soon as i'm done with this because that's awesome that's awesome you know america will never stop being the circus if anything we will always remain the circus all right so finishing up here Department of Homeland Security rebrand kills CVE, question mark? The Department of Homeland Security just went through what may be a rebrand or a fundamental change to their PVE department, now calling themselves the Sur uh, Center for Prevention Programs and Partnerships. 
or CP3. While it does mark a shift from Trump in actually seeking to engage with far-right extremism instead of just chasing Antifa and jihadis, a lot of the language around it is decidedly pretty nebulous. Jargon abounds as representatives describe its whole-of-society approach to building resilience in communities, etc. Hmm. Some proponents of the change have said it marks the end of CVE, a direction that means interventions will be evidence-led. This calls into question every single bit of action prior to the 11th of May 2021, as thereby labeled outside of the rigor of basic evidence. <laughs> they bring up a good point. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's actually a really good point, but I, I feel like, you know, uh, Trump was a lot of targeting whatever uh, liberalism and whatever leftism means in the United States. Whatever that vague boogeyman is, that's exactly what Trump was trying to or reincarnate the McCarthy era of pro uh, persecution. But uh, yeah, that's that's very funny. So why are all the old definitions and descriptions carried forward into this new paradigm? It is important to note that the uh, domestic violent extremists, per a March 2021 DHS report, includes pro-choice and animal rights activists at a comparable threat profile to racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, a subsection that probably includes neo-Nazis and white nationalists, but also, too, will probably include black separatists in the same way as the not fucking around coalition. Um, one thing that I find very interesting is that I think Militia Watch brought this up when they were first working on this, like the DHS report had come out, is that the nebulous language can be like kind of moved in between whether it's uh, right wing extremism or left wing extremism and could possibly even stifle a lot of activist work and direct action because it's not really hard to apply any kind of resistance as another form of sedition. So, yep, the DHS. Thank God we built it since uh, September 11th. What would we do without it besides fight among ourselves? Um, so we have further readings here uh, that are included inside this Militia Watch update. If you're interested in further readings, and this one is from New Republic. It's called The U.S. Military's White Supremacy Problem. And then one from 538 on the difficulties of stopping militia groups. So go check those out. If you want to, if you don't, stick around because we begin now with Dave Rubin, the wokest of the wokes, the, the man who turns the dial of high-level ideas, coming in with the highest of level ideas. It's so high, it's just a straight bong rip of DMT. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Let's, uh, Dave of Blaze TV, take it away. I feel like doing just all current events. Uh, this week, because it was you know, obviously last week with the with the just attacks on random Jews throughout the United States, it was just and again having nothing to do with. Usually, I'll give like the headline of the video or um, just a little bit of context before playing whatever segment the conservative pundit gets into. Not gonna do that this time. Just just guess what this is about. Like good luck too. It doesn't matter what you think of Israel. It doesn't matter what you think of the Palestinians. It doesn't matter what you think of the Middle East. All of those things, we can't have just violent sectarian violence on our streets, meaning it doesn't matter what's going on across the world. We can't have our citizens attacking our own citizens. And unfortunately, uh, this is really what AOC and, and Tlaib and Omar and the Hamas wing of the Democratic Party, this is what they've brought on. 
Biden gave like a yep yep just by the smallest amount of criticism that anybody offers towards Israel that means that we're giving a pass to all anti-semitic attacks we're when we say that Israel should not be committing a genocide and killing innocent civilians and children what we actually mean is round up the Jews and throw them in concentration camps that is exactly what we mean when we're saying Israel stop bombing civilians yeah yep on point here Please continue. A really wishy-washy statement on it, I think, yesterday. And and Bernie Sanders, who's just the worst of the worst. And by the way, Bernie Sanders, big Brooklyn Jew. And they're coming for you one day, Bernie. Uh, you're just you're just a tool in the revolution, which is... See, it's very funny, too, because he has to, like, reframe the argument for Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders is the actually, like, the, the progressive of this entire movement. Like, he was the one who shifted the Overton window for the Democratic Party to move into more democratic socialist leanings that allowed AOC to win, or Rashida Tlaib to get her seat, uh, Ilhan Omar also. Like, that that whole movement was coalesced behind Bernie Sanders in 2016. Now... It's very weird to say that the, the like the squad, the women of the squad, created this circle of anti-Semitism by criticizing Israel, and somehow Bernie Sanders is just a pawn of that because since he's Jewish, he's just somehow the 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 uh, poster child of you see it's not anti-Semitic language, it's actually like a thoughtful, rational critique of Israel, but really that's all just a ploy, and as soon as as everybody turns their back we're gonna get bernie sanders too because we really just want the jews like wh what the fuck <laughs> like we're, we're 48 seconds in and this is not even high level ideas this is just like straight batshit crazy ramblings of a man who has a diary like a video diary that unfortunately the rest of us have to consume because he's funded by millionaires to feed us his thoughts like what what the like wow just so much wow. And it's like, no wonder Joe Rogan doesn't invite this dude on his show anymore, because holy shit, the leaps of logic and irrationality here are not enough. This is crazy. The, the nice part of this thing, like they'll take out Bernie, as I've been saying for years, uh, but Bernie tweeted out something about, uh, we must stop the rise in anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. And it's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like he can't even, they're literally just hunting down Jews in New York City, going to the Diamond District where they know Jews work, throwing you know explosives, beating people on the street, and Bernie can't even give a full-throated condemnation of that. But you see why Bernie Sanders would have to cover both grounds by saying that like uh, anti-Semitism uh, and Islamophobia should both be stamped out. Like those things shouldn't be occurring within the United States. We should take an egalitarian approach and see people as human beings. The reason why not focusing in on that is the same reason as to why if somebody criticizes uh, Israel, they get blamed as uh, uh, what is anti-Semitic. You're being you hate Jews. You don't you don't respect the right of Israel to exist if you criticize them for killing children. It's a weird conflation, but it happens. And it's on the same level as when somebody supports Palestine. They're like, why are you supporting uh, Hamas terrorists who kill Israeli civilians. It's like, I'm not in support of Hamas, but I don't like the amount of devastation that Palestinian civilians have to suffer at the hands of colonization. <sighs> so it's like, it's a lot more complex, and that's why Bernie Sanders kind of had to both sides it. 
But even that wasn't sufficient enough because you shouldn't be mentioning the Islamophobia. You should only be mentioning the anti-Semitic attacks when we're talking about the specific action of anti-Semitic attacks in New York City, which is the one viral video going around where somebody had shot a uh, fire or a, a, a firework at um, some some Jewish people. And, you know, that's not right. That's not okay. And it really serves nothing in the way of the Palestinians or the conflict in itself. Um, but it's it's been taken as like this major um recourse on how everybody who is pro-palestinian feels about uh pro-israel people or jewish people when that's just not necessarily the case um and that's just feeding into the whole idea that conservatives have never really wanted to participate in good faith discourse it's always really about the political agenda and how that gets moved across and a lot of that has to be cherry-picked context and a historical whitewashing and a whole host of misinformation disinformation things and like dave rubin is literally perfect at that he is like so removed from any actual educational intellectual response that he will feed you any kind of conflation that will then get you to understand a ben shapiro argument it's it's fantastic like, I've really got to give dude credit where credit is due. He is a great stepping stone for much smarter conservative pundits. Like, he is really good at getting, like, the really dumb shit in so that the smarter people can sell you the wrong interests, at least for yourself. Because that's how twisted uh, this this Marxist woke ideology is. If, if, if you... That, like, that's also, like... That's what I'm talking about. He uses a term like Marxist woke, which like just doesn't really match with each other because this whole word of woke came into a place of uh, the culture where, you know, woke woke people are canceling people. So it's all about like how we're interacting with each other on a social level and then also applying critical race theory, which gets attributed to the wokeness of the left where, you know, we're analyzing laws and seeing if there's race disparities in there, if there's certain targets or certain uh, victims of certain policies throughout state and local governments. Marxism is merely about the economy. There's nothing cultural or societal about it. It's the structure and analyzation of the economy. So when you say Marxist wokes, it's you're just you're just throwing words together that like in, infuriate the right people, but doesn't really actually inform them of anything real, you know? You see a group that doesn't count in your intersectional calculator, in this case, Jews, also Asians, well, then you gotta figure out a way to make it work. So, oh, we condemn the, the anti-Jew stuff and, and the Islamophobia, but wh what are you talking about? What? What, what, what are you talking about? Anyway, moving on from all of that, although it's, it's loosely, loosely connected, I think you'll see why in just a sec, we found this old clip of Thomas Sowell, and I've been quoting Thomas Sowell so often lately, and I think you guys know I just finished my second book, and I go into a little bit more about what it was like to interview him and, and how he affected me and everything else. So I, we've been finding these videos on YouTube and I thought it would be interesting to play this and analyze it a little bit after. This is from uh, Free to Choose. So I've, I've also covered uh, Thomas Sowell as well. And um, I think that video or podcast was like six months old. It goes back. It's called uh, Thomas Soul will stimulate you as much as your average, average conservative or something like that. Um, I'm not a big fan of Thomas and Thomas is used in a lot of right wing circles as kind of the peak intellectual of like anti intellectuals where he uses his big brain power to discount any other big brain. Um, so 
not a big fan. I haven't read any of his books. I've watched a few of his lectures and he's he's honestly like the economist like Jordan Peterson to me. Like I don't know. I can't really even explain that even in, in any further, but if you're aware of Jordan Peterson and how he affects with like social philosophy, then I'm going to say Thomas Sowell is his equivalent on the economic side. That's and you know, fight me about it, but that, I'm saying it. Enterprise uh, an inter this was actually a debate that Thomas Sowell did, and this is probably about 30 years ago or so. In other words, you, you keep telling me how these are wonderful ideas, it's just that they never work out in practice. It's like the Marxists who are telling us that uh, Eastern Europe wasn't really socialism. Nothing that ever existed on this earth is, was ever really socialism. Uh, it's only in their imagination. It's, at some point, you have to ask yourself, could it be that this principle cannot work out in practice with human beings as they exist on this planet? Ah. That's pretty wonderful is that since we've seen so many models of socialism fail that it's just not a workable model for uh, human beings like so I could assume then, OK, well, if we have a better species come through that isn't so selfish and greedy and authoritarian in its hierarchical tendencies, then I could assume then socialism will be a much more successful uh, way of organizing. At least from like Thomas Sowell's argument there is that would kind of lead me to, okay, so socialism just isn't a system for human beings, not necessarily because of the tendencies of socialism, but because of the human tendency to either dominate or exploit. Um, but the thing is, though, is that like I we the, the, the modern left or even the future left has to learn how to concede that these forms of communism and socialism that have existed throughout history are, in fact, forms of it, regardless of its authoritarian tendency. Everybody makes the argument of, well, it's not socialism or socialism or communism because it didn't have democratized workplace because the means of production weren't necessarily shifted into all of the hands of the working class even though that did happen in slight degrees in Mao's China and also in the Soviet Union, but it wasn't maximized or reached to its fullest potential. And so people try to say, well, it's not real socialism. It's not real communism just because the lack of, uh, of democracy in the workplace and the um, overblown authoritarian power in the uh, centralized government but it still is a model, if not a tweaking of what Marx had intended as communism and socialism. So it might not be what we exactly imagine theoretically, but it is still an implementation of it. And we have to accept it in that if we are actually going to build something that is more successful and more prosperous than the uh, dystopian authoritarian nightmares that were produced in Russia and China and various other countries that attempted socialism and communism. Um, so I'll, I'll like slightly grant Thomas Sowell that point, um, but that doesn't mean necessarily that socialism and communism in the theoretical world as they exist right now are aren't un, like unviable, um, even with the Paris Commune only lasting for about what was it like a week? It still showed uh, a moniker of success. Um, we can give credit to the Soviet Union with its GDP growth, although it had incredible there was a large amount of death and a large amount of subjugation. It still, with its essential planning model, was able to have a GDP growth much faster than the United States. It ultimately failed. 
due to a lot of other reasons. But then we can also use examples from Catalonia and Rojava. They're not the best examples because while they have been trying to build socialism and communism and anarchism, they were also knee deep in like war. So, um, you know, they're not perfect models either because they've never really been able to be their economic and political organizing during a peaceful time where they can merely focus on economic infrastructural growth. Uh, they're constantly at war. Catalonia was fighting off its oppression of the fascist regime of Spain during the 1930s. Rojava fighting off the, the fascist regime of, uh, what's his name, Bashir al-Assad in Syria. So, I don't know. We're kind of working with what we've got. And to say that capitalism is the only model and the only successful model, while it is extremely flawed and has led to the imperialization, colonization and increased suffrage, while also lifting, uh, I don't know, living quality. There's just a very worthy debate of the success failures of both of these systems and what we can really pick apart to choose to move ourselves into a better realm of living and organizing. That was a lot. That was a lot to rant about. But it, I, like the thing that really grinds my gears about the conservatives is that they really oversimplify things when none of it is very simple. I just love that. I know it's just a quick little bite there. We, we didn't want to overload you. Uh See, they're afraid of overloading you. They're afraid of you getting too much information. I, I think that's very unfortunate, especially to like people who are aware of Dave Rubin probably aren't like doing anything other than political shit. Like you're probably a, a quite fairly political person to the point where you annoy your close friends to where they don't want to hang out with you because you watch so much Dave Rubin. So um, I think it's very unfair and disingenuous and also like wrong to assume that your viewers can't really consume all of the content, all of the information. Like you have to put it in a tiny bit and you have to simplify things because you're afraid of overloading your own viewer. Again, I'm pretty sure Dave Rubin is literally the stepping stone for smarter people to take over. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, why don't we link to the to the full thing down below? We'll link to the there full thing if you want to watch okay, okay. actually the whole the whole conversation. And so I'll also include this Dave Rubin video in my description so that you can go get that Thomas Sowell video as well. You can just watch all of it. Fuck it. There. But that last line there, at some point you have to ask yourself, could it be that this principle cannot work out in practice with human beings as they exist on this planet? And that's exactly as I often talk about the Thanos principle of the left which is they believe they can create this perfect system. The perfect system never works anywhere and always kills a lot of people. Communism and, and socialism have killed millions and millions of people, caused massive migration. I mean, again, like it's really difficult for socialism to have the same prosperity as capitalism has had in, in certain regards, mainly in that like it's never been able to actually develop without um, hindrance from the like existential forces. So um, it's not that like it's an impossible motive or that it like inherently inevitably leads to death and suffrage because we could also make that argument in capitalism because as we exist in the world of capitalism, we can attribute most of the causes of suffrage to that economic system, especially when you can trace the line of suffrage straight to a corporation's policies. Um, so like capitalism isn't perfect socialism communism aren't perfect and yet we're not allowed to try and conjure up some sort of 
perfect system that would try to alleviate the suffrage of human beings and not have to exponentially grow uh, a small amount of people's pockets while, you know, slow, like increasingly draining the pockets of the bottom 50 percent. Uh, it's um, intellectually vacant. Like I can just hear the conch shell of the waves from Dave Rubin. Like it's just literally an empty shell that makes sounds, you know? That's that's literally what we're being offered here in the form of resist whatever leftists tell you. That's that's all that's being offered here. That's it. That's literally it. Across the world to come to places like America to escape that shit. And now these buffoons are importing it. And I call this the Thanos principle because what did Thanos want? There are finite resources and I'll do the thing that nobody else will do. I will snap my fingers and wipe out half of existence because I'm the good guy. Thus, there will be peace. It's very, it's very Emperor Palpatine too. Yeah, it's very weird that arguing that like socialists want to evaporate like 50% of the planet in the same way that Thanos did in order to have the proper resources, even though a bunch of socialist thinkers for a long time have said that we've already reached the point of uh, like production, consumption, uh, and automation to be able to provide for the world and over that. Um, even though capitalism and its current model is leading us to a pretty heavy, um, let's say Armageddon with climate change, that's going to kill a lot of people. And capitalism isn't necessarily saying, if you don't implement me, I'll snap my finger and I'll do it. It's more like if you keep using me in the manner that we have, we will actually have to face the repercussions of our over-industrialized civilization on a planet of finite resources. So capitalism really is going Thanos route because maybe capitalism can be a little bit easier to reform after half the planet has to go through climate change. Who knows? But um, yeah, it's very weird that socialism has the the uh, the the infinity glove right now rather than capitalism which is overbloated oversupported and completely overrated um but i love this because it's such a perfect example of what of what soul actually is uh the work that he's done for decades and and who he is as a human being which is if you read any of his books and i've read several of them if you read any of his books the guy loves facts and information, and you guys know there was that viral clip of when I interviewed him and I said, you know, you were a communist, you were a socialist, what woke you up to what was wrong with that line of thinking? And he goes, uh, facts. And it's just so perfect because- Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's such a rational and logical um, explanation. When somebody says, what made you reconsider uh, your life position? And your simple answer is facts. Everybody should then reconsider how they live and just use the word facts to dictate how they operate at that point. Oh, man. Hmm. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is, uh, like, substantially vacant. There's, there's nothing that I'm learning here, and there's literally almost nothing to be observed. Um, this is just, like, a bunch of words to use in case you come across a leftist. So many people I think right now wanna make the world whatever they want it to be. And I think someone like Thomas Sowell, he sees the world as it is and not as he wishes it to be. I think I 
probably in some ways see it very similarly. Like the world is what it is. I might want to be able to change some of the stuff on the margins, but so many people think that they can just burn through everything before them and completely change it. Um, so his point there was, oh, this is what, I mean, and you see this all the time, even from the official socialist accounts, the blue check verified socialist accounts on Twitter, uh, which is ironic in and of itself, but they'll always tell you, well, socialism hasn't been done properly. Venezuela wasn't really socialist or communism wasn't done properly with, with in Russia and like all of these things. And it's like, well, maybe it just doesn't work because you know who's the problem in the system? It's us, it's human beings, it's the individual. <laughs> that really is the truth. And right now, what we're seeing all over the world is big system. <laughs> like, honestly, it's a, like, and if you look, if you look at what like the theory and the idea behind socialism and communism is to have an egalitarian system that focuses on meeting necessities rather than desires. So like basically coming out right and saying maybe humans are really the problem to having a more compassionate system. So funny. So funny, like he, he comes from a place of saying like me and Thomas Sowell agree that we see the world as it is. And it's a selfish, it's a greedy, violent, <laughs> it's, it's a system that it's all about ga gaining as much money as you can. And it's about owning property and using the game of, or using the law in the way of playing Monopoly. It's just like, it, it's so open like how can you not honestly look at the suffrage of human beings and think like how can i improve this system or how can this idea be reconstructed if not reconfigured to be a little less harmful um it's just fucking crazy to me that's so crazy to me because you can't offer how like offer the alternative of reduced suffrage without seeing the way that it is if you just see things as the way they are and kind of shrug that's like the grifter position of like well i'm here might as well make money fuck it <laughs> systems big government big um these these organizations these worldwide organizations like the who and the cdc and all these things they keep giving us rules and edicts and the government wants to come in and tell us how much to pay our employees and what we can wear when we walk outside and when, when we can inject ourselves with something and when we can inject ourselves a second time and all of these things. And the problem in the system is that humans have choice. And as long as humans have choice, and I'm sure they're working somewhere in a laboratory on getting rid of human choice, I, Fauci's probably funding the thing, uh, but as long as humans have choice, we are the problem in big systems. So I will continue to fight with you good people. The thing about I like Yuval Noah Harari is that he offers a giant book about these things and like specifically talking about like how governments want to uh, control your choice. It's not necessarily just the governments. There's just basically special interests in general, an interest that is outside of yours and has the resources and capital to influence your choices or your interests. And a lot of it mostly has to do with not controlling it, but simply influencing it by not taking over any of the cells in your body, but giving you the environment or the information and resources that would kind of limit the amount of choices that you would make. So then at least you still have a frame of reference of some kind of free will, and you, then you won't mistake the uh, country for a cage. 
Um, I don't know. I would offer Yuval Noah Harari's readings over a Dave Rubin video anytime. But the thing about that is, is that um, those aren't five minute clips. So wonderful. Um, shit, that that was five minute video and I fucking wasted. Damn, like 30 minutes. Wow. All right, so uh, moving on to the next uh, little segment. I'll try to keep this one brief since there's probably even less information in this video. Um, it's called The Roast of Women. Uh, it's by Slightly Offensive. Uh, it's another Blaze TV video, which is of the same company as Dave Rubin. I have never seen any of this dude's videos. I've never seen anything whatsoever for some reason i was watching dave rubin and i was like oh let's just go into that channel section see what else is offered in the realm that surrounds dave rubin what's in his solar system and i found this uh in the blaze tv section because dave rubin is a uh sub channel of blaze tv and so is this one um and i had to click it mainly because it's got my favorite I don't I don't I haven't done any of his videos mainly because there's nothing to learn from this guy. But holy shit, Jesse Lee Peterson, my favorite. He's my favorite. The the alpha of alpha males is in the house with slightly offensive whoever this beta is. And the video is called The Roast of Women. Now it's an hour long. I'm not going to do the whole thing. I this is just a kind of dip of my toes in the pool and seeing what the water's like and then we've we're we're going to get into Ben Ben Shapiro after that. So strap in. Women, beautiful yet complex creatures designed by God to be man's helpmate. They're just amazing, aren't they? Raising our kids. Okay. So, I might be too secular for this shit, but 8 seconds in to immediately say that women were designed by God to help man, like it's just something that everybody should know and be okay with, is fucking phenomenal. Like that, it's honestly like that's something. If the video wasn't in color and if it was like in black and white, I would assume and this shit came out in like the 1950s. Kids taking care of our homes. Well, what changed? Now they have blue hair, spend all of our money, don't thank us for anything, and then order Uber Eats and expect us to be happy? Yeah, well, it's about time that we... Holy shit. This is some, like, top-scale incel stuff right here. Whole... Oh, wow. Humble these creatures and bring them back to the place that... How do we humble these creatures? <laughs> oh, my God. Slightly offensive. You think this is slightly? This shit is like meant to trigger a feminist. That God designed them to be. This is the roast of women. All right, slightly of offensive is hosted by Elijah Schaefer. Again, never heard of this guy, but I've heard of Jesse. So let's, uh... <laughs> all right, all right. Everything I'm about to say is okay because I have a resident woman with me, Savannah Hernandez, who, of course, is okaying this episode. We're allowed to say all this stuff, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. He's going with the my best friend is a woman excuse. He's like, hey, welcome to the roast of women. And before you guys get mad and triggered, there's a woman in the room. <laughs> Oh, man. I, and, and how much does it cost for her to sell her soul? 
to 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 allow to allow this to happen with her uh consent in 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 place of all women how much how much does that cost thank you very much yes okay thank you we got her okay because women are just in a place in a position in life right now where they're getting 60 percent of college degrees they're trailing ahead of men and so i'm gonna reach out my cot and bring <laughs> Women have been able to like vote in this country less uh, for the least amount of time compared to men. And now that they're getting 60% of the college degrees, it's time to fight back. <laughs> like, dudes, settle the fuck down. You might actually turn into like the, the, the homemaker. Like, dudes might actually like the roles could shift, you know? You could chill at home all day. Drink a beer with the kids, dudes. Like, chill the fuck out. That's, oh my God. That's so funny. That is so funny. Bring them back. And on that note, welcome back to Slightly Offensive, the best, worst show on Blaze TV where we always have 8K confetti graphics of color. I am your top 17 host. And to talk about... I mean, some of that, all right. Some of this is funny for the wrong reasons, like entirely the wrong reasons. And then some of it's like moderately funny and it's fine. Like it's at least slightly more enjoyable than uh, Steven Crowder's, but it's the same level of misogyny for sure. About this issue, I brought on not only a resident woman <laughs> to okay it, YouTube, but I also brought on a woman expert, Jesse Lee Peterson of JLP Talk. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That is not somebody I would call a woman expert. Not an expert at all. Not at all. The man who's like gotten divorced like just recently too. Like and is proud to be divorced. Jesse Lee Peterson. Oh my god. He's here. Oh. Oh, I'm so happy right now. Thank you for having me on. I can't even tell you guys like when the last time I've seen a Jesse Lee Peterson video. I think it's almost been like six months or longer. Oh, I'm so excited. And I appreciate it. This, this segment of the podcast is just for me. This is literally just for me. Been what, like a couple years since we've we've been on air together? It has been. Time goes by fast. So, can I ask you a question? Why do women do stuff like this? Check this out. <laughs> this is what's going on here, Jesse. <laughs> well, you have to realize women have illogical minds. They don't have a <laughs> logical mindset, and so when when the father. <laughs> Like, uh, so the thing is, though, is they provided a, a picture from TMZ Sports of uh, a woman breastfeeding her child while doing a handstand, which I'm going to be honest, like, is kind of a creative way to get both your feeding and your yoga done at the same time. So I don't necessarily see the problem. Uh, it's kind of odd that it would be on the TMZ Sports page, but um, I would need to see the head the heading and also a, bunch, a, a lot more context of what's going on here, other than it's a ridiculous idea for somebody to be upside down feeding breastfeeding their child i'll admit it's weird um but in the privacy of your own home and seeing the you know the the yogi benefits that could come out of this like honestly i wouldn't who cares you know it's even to the point of like who cares and why would you like oh i guess it's something that would go viral on the internet internet regardless so um yeah, maybe I don't know. My my sensitivity to this shit might be turned down. Like, I I actually see the benefits of like doing you know some certain things that you need to do while also getting your yoga done. It's multitasking. 
I actually see a lot of logic and also like left and right brain getting some work in here. Um, so, uh, hold on. Let's, let's, let's return to like Jesse Lee Peterson level of thinking now and get a understanding as to why this is coming from the illogical mind of a woman. Others are not raising their children because the mother turned them away from their fathers or the father's not around. And if even if he's in the home and he's not guiding the wife in the right way to the mother of the children to raise them, the mother doesn't know how to do it. So the kids grow up just like the mother and they have illogical mindset. And in that mindset, they're looking for peace. They're trying to um, they're trying to build their egos and they don't know what to do. So they end up doing insane things like this woman is doing posing upside down with the baby under grass breastfeeding the baby she's a lost unhappy female and she does see like the level of assumptions she's a lost unhappy female <laughs> like this is that shit, dude. Like, it's fucking amazing to me because, like, Jesse Lee Peterson gets an insane amount of views and has not said one positive thing about women in that entire, like, one minute and 30 seconds. It's amazing to me. And also the fact that this guy has platformed him, calling him a woman expert. Like, what does that say about his audience? That he would bring up a guy who talks about women in this specific way and it's normal and it's fine doesn't know what to do with herself because of her illogical mindset. Yeah, and that's a great start to the show. There's a lot of illogical women, and I think you're going to be not shocked because you live in L.A., but you're going to be surprised. It's also very weird to me, too, because, like, if, if like, the, the idea is, is that they don't have a father whatsoever, so they get too much of the mom raising them, and so then they become a bunch of illogical children. Like, we're all just raised by a whole generation of single mothers, which, you know, could possibly be true, that maybe there's a, we're, we're at a higher percentage where maybe, I don't know. I don't even know if there's evidence to back that up. I would have to look it up. But the thing, like, he just said shit. Anyways, if if it's true that we've reached, for some reason, a point of where mostly, mo like, most Americans have been raised by single mothers, that is the, like, that's what's causing all of our problems? That Like, the single mother thing, not enough, like, male representation, and yet it's the mother's fault for being illogical creatures that they fucked up society? rather than like not providing enough resources for those mothers to properly raise their children in a society that already causes a bit of chaos and a lot of other it's it's weird it's, it's really weird scapegoat i'm going to say on that one and we're two and a half minutes in it's a weird scapegoat Prized at how far we've actually gone but before we jump into that i got to give a huge shout out to the best cup of coffee in america bag of sorry i can't Best. I can't. He's he's advertising. And not not on my not on my shit. I don't care 100 about that coffee. Best month. No 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 no. I'm just gonna fast forward like hella deep too. Like let's just get him, like midway out of context. Let's just fast forward hella deep. All right, here we go. We made a couple good songs, I think, uh, uh, according to some people. And she's also a heroin addict. Um, so she came out and said that she's now non-binary. And goes by the pronouns. Ah, uh, 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 it's time to it's time to start kicking Demi Lovato, you know. Because as soon as like a human being starts trending, it's time to just dogpile the shit out of them for you know existing and saying something that we all heard. 
I don't even, what is that? What they, is it? them. They, them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the pronouns they, them. <laughs> uh, what do you think about non-binary women? It's the same thing. They're lost, man. They're looking for love. They don't know what. Satan is their daddy, and they don't know what to do with themselves. Their egos are out of control. This. See, I mean, that's like a very quick way of invalidating Demi Lovato, like immediately by being like, what do you think of non-binary women when like, you know, the, the whole idea is that it's not supposed to be a non-binary woman. It's supposed to be a non-binary person, someone who doesn't want to play by our gender rules. I don't know if about want to or just doesn't play by our gender rules. They're very fluid. So, um yeah, again, just kind of even the, the, the idea of a woman being a person and them not fitting the gender or the general standard convention of gender identity that, that just invalidate it immediately. Scratch it. Scratch it from the record. Woman, uh, Demi, whatever her name is, first of all, she needs to grow her hair back because a woman's beauty is her hair, right? Uh, they are lost. This woman is looking for the love of a father that's why when they do get married he, uh the man the husband become her father he, he the wife is the, uh, he's the father to the wife and the children after they have all their babies right this woman to me is lost she's evil she's looking for the love of her father that's why she's going with the they them or whatever because she doesn't know who she is she is lost the next step in that though is do you have this video um there's this on tiktok do you ever use tiktok jesse i mean the fascinating thing is is that if somebody's on the you know journey of self-discovery be because like society doesn't necessarily fit the way that they feel inside because society and civilization it can't it's not that it can't, but it isn't usually a one size fits all. Like there's a lot of people who also want to jump the grid. Monks don't necessarily live inside the same society that the rest of us do. Um, most, uh, I guess, hermetic people really wouldn't. Um, but it's like, you know, Jesse Lee Peterson basically says she's lost, but she needs to return to the fold of society, at least American society and culture and how that operates. And if she can play by our rules, then she will find herself again. Even if it like just dismisses entirely of what her inner world is like. So, um, yeah, this is like traditionalism trying to, f you know, physically beat the woman back into the kitchen and uh, keep her mouth shut. Like, this is the type of shit that would lead us exactly to a Gilead if it's this normalized, which it is for how many people watch this shit? Like 66,000? Yeah, 66,000 people, this was extremely normal. And about 6,000 of them took the time to like it. So about like 10% of that were like, yeah, this that shit right here. I don't. Okay. But I know that uh, some of my staff do. They have some of my videos on TikTok. I don't put them up myself. Oh, well, TikTok is what a lot of uh, shows us the current state of Western civilization. And I'm yeah. telling you, if you spend a few minutes on there, you will lose a lot of hope for the future. But we know our hope. What the fuck? Like, what the actual fuck? No, no. Like, I wouldn't say that any website by itself, whether it's TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Parler, Tumblr, um, Instagram, any one website by itself cannot represent the entirety of quote unquote Western civilization. It can't even represent like a fraction of a fraction of an entire civilization or section or continent. Like that's so weird. That is very weird.
That's a weird thing to say and to be like, this is what we're becoming because you don't like what you see on the screen and you're afraid of citizens actually living a life different than yours. That's fear mongering on the like the level of like a Nazi would. So like chill it out, chill it out, breathe, smoke some weed. Maybe, you know what? Heroin might be like a good choice for you. You might need like heroin to chill the fuck out that. you Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I, I would recommend it. No shame about that as well. Even though with floppy breasts, you know, you know, you know how sometimes those breasts fall. Oh, just by the way, I I, I fast forwarded it some more because I was I was over that bullshit. So let's hear this. Or whatever, they uh they wear, go to the beach with just no shame with with floppy nasty breasts. We got to get the men back in order, man. It's time for men to return. It's not normal for a man to. Real men don't hate boobs the way that Jesse Lee Peterson does. I'm 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 gonna throw that out there. I don't I don't think real men hate boobs the way that Jesse Lee Peterson does. Have a woman over him. The man should be over the woman. It's not normal to have fear and cater to the ego of the woman. We gotta help women overcome their fallen state, and that's what's needed right now. In this country yeah and look here's a good example let's see let's give something positive see this this is this is a this is a woman overcoming she was not taking care of herself she was morbidly obese she looked uh she okay really really uh where where is i don't know this is like this right you have all this kind of stuff but if you get back to to her she was just like she actually took care of herself. She looks feminine again. I hope that she's making good choices, that she's going to get married and have kids, right? Not just, you don't <laughs> just want to be hot as a woman. You want to be attractive for your husband and to be married. What do you think about women who... <laughs> the only reason why women should be attractive is to produce is to produce babies. We've reached it. We've reached the peak of enlightenment at 38 minutes, 39 minutes of this hour-long conversation of don't women suck all right <laughs> i'm just all right let's get with ben shapiro and then fucking get out of here oh my god people have the right to defend themselves uh, by all fees all right yep i began again with absolutely no context this one again ben shapiro, as talking about you guessed it uh insane iran backed hamas admits to attacking civilians <sighs> The one-sided reporting of this never-ending conflict, which is coming to a grotesque peak, is uh, beginning now, after me laughing pretty hard at the uh, involuntary cel celibacy of Jesse Lee Peterson. All right, let go. Let go, Benny. Let's, let's depress ourselves back down. Palestinians, as unoccupied people, have the right to defend themselves by all feasible means. Not by firing rockets yes. from a civilian yes. population. I have said it clearly. Moral equivalence, up the wazoo, and also it's about anti-Semitism and also Islamophobia. Man. So meanwhile, the Biden administration, they are making some of the right moves. They are saying some of the right. I mean, if you don't think that either side doesn't fuel itself from anti-Semitism or Islamophobia, like I don't... I don't think you're having a, a genuine conversation. If you don't think the state of Israel doesn't use Islamophobia to dehumanize Palestinians in order to kill them in mass, then you're not having a genuine conversation. If you don't think that Hamas or the Palestinian uh, authorities might not use uh, anti-Semitism to also uh, 
bring about the dehumanization of Israeli citizens or Israeli peoples, um, then you're not having a genuine conversation. Unfortunately, it's something that powers that be generally use is that that side is not like us, and so it must be destroyed. It's not always in the same regards of, you know, a there's not much virtue in war, to be perfectly honest with you. In most cases, especially in modern society, I haven't seen much virtue in war, and yet it's full of virtue signaling constantly. So um, I, I I don't like like Ben Shapiro kind of scoffing at like, oh, it's about anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Like, yeah, dude, it is like both sides. Both sides are doing it. The only thing that both sides aren't doing is killing as many civilians. One side's doing it a little bit more than the other. Things. So, for example, the, the Biden administration, Joe Biden, put out a statement today. He said the recent attacks on the Jewish community are despicable and they must stop. I condemn this hateful behavior at home and abroad. It's up to all of us to give hate, hate no safe harbor. So good for him. That's an actual statement as opposed to all the rest of these pathetic Democrats who are putting out statements about anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Again, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty incredible thing from the same people who are very concerned about the phrase all lives matter. Right. When, when someone say black lives matter and somebody else would say all lives matter. How dare you? You're devaluing our movement. The same people are like anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Now, at least All Lives Matter was rejecting the basic contention that black people were being specifically singled out for harsh treatment by the police with regard to being murdered by the cops. Yeah, that's a statistical reality. But when it comes to anti-Semitism, there is a radical uptick in anti-Semitism. I mean, I don't mean to move the goalpost, but it's usually in the justicism holding accountability for when cops um, use excessive force against uh african-american citizens i think that's more of what the conversation of not the organization black lives matter but in talking about whether we're going to do alternatives or what the reform measures should be focused on the social justice aspect of it is accountability not necessarily of we need to um eliminate all cop shootings because unless we reduce the gun like the um the gun population or the the amount of guns basically in our streets whether it's in private citizens or in the cops hands until we reduce that gun violence is really going to be at the levels that it's that it's at um the uk and other nations that have much harsher gun laws even to the point where the police don't normally carry handguns on their sides um see a lot more reduced in gun violence but still violence nonetheless it's uh okay all right all right we got to find a center here because I, I feel like ben shapiro is going to try and get at me and i can't let it happen semitism and these same democrats are like yeah and also islamophobia which is the same way they shied away from ilhan omar being a radical anti-semite last year when they were like we condemn anti-semitism and also all these other forms of hatred and everything bad in the universe baffling with bullcrap anyway the biden administration saying the right things on anti-semitism the biden administration suggesting Israel had a right and a duty to protect itself last week. So they did a lot better on this than I thought they were going to. Meanwhile, however, they are indeed pursuing bad policy with regard to the Iranian regime. So the Iranian regime is the, the state. It is the sponsor state of Hamas. Right? Hamas admits that they got all of their technology from Iran. And Hamas acknowledges that, that Iran backed them. And in fact, Iran cheered the attacks. According to the New York Times, Tehran jumped at the chance to portray militants' barrages on Israel as revenge for Israeli attacks on Iran. 
The leadership of Iran engaged in a long shadow war with Israel on land, air, and sea did not try to conceal the pleasure it took in the most recent Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Tehran praised the damage being done to its enemy. State news media and conservative commentators highlighted Iran's role in providing weaponry and military training to Palestinian militants in Gaza to hammer Israeli communities. So Iran is making no, no bones about the fact that it supports Hamas. Meanwhile, Hamas is acknowledging that they openly commit war crimes. Right, here is Hamas's spokesperson on Sky News. Basically, I mean, we've support like, <laughs> like seriously though, uh, the pe the 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 school of Americas in South America, we you know, uh, you know the mood, you know, uh, what what was what was it? Um, this this film was made in uh, appreciation of the Mujahideen. Like, there's 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 so many things with the United States, you know, kind of training you know terrorist cells and death squads you know it's kind of a it's kind of a thing that happens from time to time so who would be surprised that iran or you know any any other country really would also participate in those things like we're uh pretty familiar with uh iran helping the houthi rebels in yemen so this this isn't like in a, a pass on things but it's just like the 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 level of demonization towards iran and uh, the absolvement of like every other nation is just like we need to start criticizing governments and states and not the peoples that's 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 the real issue issue that we're um fucking up pretty hard is that we're ne we need to start focusing on criticizing power and not necessarily just the idea of all the people who live in those nations because we keep uh punishing them especially as we recruit all of them and send each other to war to kill for these nations it's it's ugh, it's such a bummer the the framing of this that just leads to so much nonsense and malarkey just like just too much too much malarkey too much saying yeah sure we commit war crimes any people under occupation based on the international law have the, all, all the right to defend themselves by all feasible means they have. Not by firing rockets yes. from a civilian yes. population? I have said it clearly. Palestinians as an occupied people have the right to defend themselves by all feasible means, including armed resistance. But when it comes to civilians, we have said it many times, we are ready to stop firing. Uh, rockets or attacking civilians if the Israelis stop attacking our people. It's unbelievable. So he's saying openly, right? This is Bassem Naim, who's the Hamas spokesperson. Remember, this is this is the government that people are supporting. When you say, I support the Palestinians and the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, you don't mean the Palestinian people unless you also want to get rid of Hamas. But you don't want to get rid of Hamas. So what am I left to conclude? Okay, they are openly saying that they fire rockets from civilian areas at civilians. They say this sort of stuff openly. They're not hiding the ball here. It's not exactly what he was saying, but the fascinating thing is, is that he was saying the same exact thing that Ben Shapiro is arguing for two weeks now is that uh, Palestine has the right to defend itself. Um, and then again, he equates all of Palestine to Hamas, mainly because Hamas is the wing of the government that is firing off the rockets. So it's very fascinating to me. I'm not sure if it's like really comparable, but it imagines in my scenario that like we um basically elect a say i don't know general from the army or a commander from the army and basically see kind of not an insurrection but more of a military coup where mainly the uh military branch becomes more of the administration administration and they won one election and let's say they won you know i'm using the ben shapiro method here with let's say they, they won just about 10% over of half the country, just like 60%, right? Doesn't re necessarily re represent all of it, 
you know, that's that's being too generous to a military authoritarian government. Let's talk about 40%. They win 40%, and of course, with the Electoral College, that's completely possible. Um, it doesn't represent all of the country, and yet it acts with the same representation as if it does. It's It's really weird to conflate everybody who lives within the country to the amount that whoever is the head of it represents the entirety of it. It's not very fair to the rest of them. And it kind of silences the voices of the actual civilians. So I, I, yeah, I just don't really like the idea or the framing that if you support Palestinians, then you support Hamas. If you're not down with getting rid of Hamas, I would definitely love for the Palestinians to be able to have the infrastructure politically to, you know, uh, have, different parties, maybe actual elections, um, maybe homes to live in. Um, but they have who they have as their protectors. And I don't agree with what they do. But Israel is an entire nation at this point, making these decisions with how it treats the civilians in regards of Hamas's actions. And it's not fair. And it keeps being used as a just justification it's not a good one. I don't like it. Um, I would like for someone to explain to me why civilians have to keep paying for the military's actions. Here. Meanwhile, even despite the ceasefire, Hamas supporters were attacking Jewish homes outside Jerusalem over the weekend. There's video of it. They were literally just firing ordnance down from Arab areas near Jerusalem into the Jewish areas of Jerusalem. You can see it happening. They're shooting fireworks at the Jewish areas in Jerusalem. I like how before he shows this video, he uses the word ordinances. And I think that's normally a word with like uh, like mortars, right? Like airstrikes. Not with like handheld fireworks that you're shooting at buildings. Well, yes, dangerous and could start a fire, maybe even an explosion if placed in the wrong area that is stockpiled with flammable shit. But that's not an ordinance. <laughs> it's literally people shooting fireworks. It's... Oh, God. The... This is what I was saying about Ben Shapiro bringing me down. Like, it's literally living in an alternative reality where fascism is very normal. Unreal. Ah, oh, you hear the, uh... Don't worry, there's moral equivalence. You shoot, you shoot randomly rockets at uh, an, an ordinance at Jewish homes, right? These are civilians. They're not military targets. Shouting Allahu Akbar, that's exactly the same as the Israelis targeting military infrastructure. In any case, how is the... the Again, but they haven't really been targeting military infrastructure. They never really provide any evidence. They always provide an explanation. And then for some reason, the United States finds it sufficient enough. And it's not the same as an airstrike that, you know, <laughs> the multiple bombings in the past two weeks have killed over 200 Palestinians. Those were fireworks that have no reported deaths whatsoever, and yet we're creating outrage for it. There's probably better uh, rocket strikes than that specific video that would at least be a worthy criticism of Hamas's actions, even though you admitted that those were just Palestinian civilians shooting those fire rockets, which or fireworks, which it's really hard for me to get that mad at them because they're living in a world where they feel oppressed. And I, 
I'm 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 gonna get some shit from conservatives who say I'm giving a, a pass to terrorists, but they're living in a world oppressed. I you know I like John Brown for the work that he did in the slavery days, and it's kind of hard for me not to root for the underdog in this particular case. It's fucked up. The whole thing is fucked up, but the way that it's being framed is uh, entirely unfair. Biden administration responded to the fact that Hamas, an Iran-backed terrorist group, just committed a vast act of terrorism against America's ally Israel. Uh, Blinken says we have to cut a deal with Iran. Here is Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State. Many of these actions are going forward now, uh, while the uh, you know, and, and have gone forward over the last few years under the so-called maximum pressure uh, being exerted by the uh, by the previous administration, and clearly did not get the result that we all seek which is to curb all of these activities. But the first thing that we need to do is put the nuclear problem back in the box. That's why we're committed to trying to see if Iran will come back into compliance with the nuclear agreement, the so-called JCPOA. That's what we're engaged in now. The lie that the Biden administration is talking about here is they say, well, if we get them back in the nuclear box, we'll stop them from the terrorism. Except that's not what they do, okay? The JCPOA did not stop Iran from fomenting terrorism. How do you think Hamas got all these rockets? Hamas was having its stockpiles built up more rapidly before Trump pulled out of the JCPOA than after the JCPOA was ended. And Hamas, Hamas, all these terrorist groups get support from Iran. When Iran has more money, they spend the money on terrorism. John Kerry admitted as much after cutting the Iran deal in the first place. Well, Israel understands that it has to rely on itself in large measure here, which is why there was a giant blast at an Iranian complex housing their drone factory. So Israel shot down an Iranian armed drone the other day. And mysteriously, a complex that houses a factory that makes Iranian drones has now suffered a major explosion. The blast at the weekend in, uh, over the weekend injured at least nine workers at the petrochemical factory in Isfahan, the Iran aircraft manufacturing industrial company, which produces a variety of aircraft and drones for Iranian and pro-Iranian forces, is located in the complex. Iran has not provided information on the cause of the incident, but Israel, of course, has, has carried out significant strikes internal to Iran. Meanwhile, speaking of the, the supposed non-radical, Wait, did he just admit that at the in there that Israel has been doing drone strikes in Iran? What the fuck? A variety of aircraft and drones for Iranian and pro-Iranian forces is located in the complex. Iran has not provided information on the cause of the incident, but Israel, of course, has, has carried out significant strikes internal to Iran. Meanwhile, speaking of the, the supposed non-radical... Significant strikes internal to Iran. Like I haven't heard what what mm. it's very weird that he kind of just glossed over that. Like, mm, hold on, hold on, hold on. Israel drones. Uh, an Iranian complex housing drone factory injures nine. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So that one's very specific to that. It's this one. Hit by explosion. What the fuck? Like, some of these headlines sometimes, too. Ah. Drone downed by IDF this week. All this news is, like, really recent, and that's not what I'm looking for. Let's see. Nope, nope, nope. How can you search by year? 
because like it's still bringing up articles from a day ago. All right. I'm gonna start learning how to use this Google filter because this is some big BS. Uh... All right, I can't do this mid podcast. That doesn't make any sense. So it does look like though that this has in fact happened. No explanation. Do, 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 do. A complex that houses a factory that makes Iranian drones has suffered a major explosion days after Israel had claimed that Iran was providing drones to Hamas in Gaza. The blast at the weekend. Wait. Weird. The blast at the weekend injured at least nine workers at the petrochemical factory in yeah, the Iran Airfact Manufacturing Industrial Company, which produces a variety of aircraft drones. Due to confirmation of the cause of the explosion, Iran has not provided information on the cause, but Israel has shown no compunction in the past about taking what it regards as reprisals inside iran why is everybody saying this shit and i can't find more articles the fact that like ben shapiro glossed over like it's no secret that israel occasionally drone strikes in iran and then the guardian basically says that too this is why is it is kind of a secret i had no idea The Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Thursday showed the remains of what he described as an Iranian drone that was downed on Tuesday after crossing from Iraqi or Syrian airspace. Conflicting reports emerged on whether Iranian officials extended an agreement that gives UN nuclear inspectors access to Iran's nuclear sites for a further month. The extension is critical to give negotiations in Vienna time to complete talks on reviving the wider nuclear deal between the U.S. and Iran. There were reports that the inspectors' technical agreement would be extended for a month, but this was a contradiction. Yep, geopolitical complications, but I still, like, it's very weird that he glossed over that at the end, but still admitted it nonetheless that from time to time, Israel is known to have drone strikes in Iran, which, like, <laughs> then why wouldn't Iran fund Hamas? If you're, like, occasionally just flying in their airspace real quick, blowing up one of their drone facilities, why wouldn't they fund Hamas? Radicalism of Palestinians on the Temple Mount, remember... According to Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and everyone else lying about the situation in Israel, this is all kicked off by Israelis attacking Palestinians on the Temple Mount, which is insane. Again, I've been up on the Temple Mount. Jews have to be guarded by police forces as they are ushered through the holiest site in Judaism. Meanwhile, Arabs have free reign on the Temple Mount because it is effectively run by the Islamic Waqf. Al-Aqsa was being used as a staging ground for attacks on Jewish police officers. So even after this, there's a vast video emerging, like after the ceasefire, of people attacking police officers on the Temple Mount. In fact, videos on social media have shown, believe it or not, that members of the hundreds of Palestinians inside the Al-Aqsa Mosque were, were cheering the, the for, they forced out the Jerusalem Grand Mufti. Okay, the Jerusalem Grand Mufti is a guy named Mohammed Hussein. He works for the Palestinian Authority. Okay, and supporters inside Al-Aqsa forced him to leave while shouting, we are Mohammed Diaf's men. Mohammed Diaf is the terror head of Hamas. They're, chatting, they're chanting this inside a mosque, a very peaceful and religious place. I remember the last time inside a, a synagogue, we started chanting for support of terrorism, but apparently this is common practice. I mean, he's getting mad over like semantics, but because Americans have a very like um, 
I don't know, myopic view of jihadism, which like, again, not making apologetics for the crusades were just as insane as jihadism, but like, um, I, it just doesn't really serve the argument. Like it's really just building up the Islamophobia and the hate for Muslims. When we really like focus in on the logistics of what people were shouting in the preparation of going to battle, I get it. it it's, it's very effective at making people look bad, but um, it just really doesn't serve the argument here because again, not when, when one side kills the other, either side's looking pretty bad, like murder's wrong. But yet we make arguments and cases for it in certain circumstances. So I don't know, man. This is this is semantics, and I don't like this bit that we're going down. Yeah. Practice inside yeah. Al-Aqsa these days. So they're chanting about how they are Muhammad Dave's men. I mean, maybe this is in response to that video going viral of like the Israeli citizen saying some like really disgusting thing about Palestinians. Maybe that that make like a counterbalance to it is by showing like how uh, extreme Islam is compared to like the demonizing language from the Israeli citizens. Juxtaposing those things this is the counterbalance that Ben Shapiro offers. Don't worry, everything is fine. Everything and and you know what. Moral equivalence up the wazoo, and also it's about anti-Semitism and also Islamophobia. Man, you know, it's it's there are certain conflicts in uh, in ideology where things sort of crystallize. And honestly, if you have a tough time with this one, I've got to question your moral bona fides. If you <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh my God, really? He just he actually like appropriated what a lot of people have been saying about like during the the bombing of like last week when it was really heavy when people are saying there's some things about this conflict that really aren't that diff like complex and there's the fact that like Israel is disproportionately killing and ethnically cleansing the Palestinians um now he's using this in the equivalency like you can see how extreme these these Muslims are it shouldn't be that complex for you even though like yet again they're not doing the same level of death toll and destruction as the Israeli government is doing. <sighs> and so he comes in with the, it shouldn't be that hard to figure out. One side is a bunch of jihadists. The other side is Jewish people, just harmless Jewish people. You know, it's great. It's great argument. Really logical, big facts brain. You have a real tough time questioning the difference between an Israeli government that attempts to minimize civilian casualties and a Hamas government that attempts to maximize them? Okay, okay. If the Israeli government is trying to minimize the amount of civilian deaths, as Ben Shapiro claims that the government is doing, it's doing a piss-poor job. If Hamas is trying to maximize the amount of civilian casualties, then it, too, is doing a piss-poor job. So I don't even know how that case can be even fucking made. Between an Israeli population that is attempting to coexist with an internal Israeli Arab population and treat those Israeli Arabs as full citizens with full rights? The unfortunate thing is saying that, you know, Israel wants to give them full rights and wants them to be and exist is the problem of them not distributing COVID-19 vaccines to that population. It's not a good faith position to come from. You know, we want you guys to be here, but we kind of need as much of the vaccines for us before we 
you know, start passing them to you guys. So if you guys hang on in there, you know, buck up, you know. And a, an Arab world that treats Jews not only as second-class citizens, but, I mean, Jews do not exist, effectively speaking, inside the Arab world? It's Again, I, I feel like I've said this before. The, the Torah is a great inspiration to the Quran, at least from my very limited knowledge, uh, you know, word in the streets. Um, so I don't think uh, Muslims actually discount the existence of Jews. Um, they just believe that their Messiah, uh, Muhammad, has come. So uh, in the same way as Christianity also feeds off of the Torah, uh, their Messiah, Jesus Christ, had come, he had gone, and will come back someday. Same thing, just this time they speak Arabic. Inside the Muslim world, more specifically? If you are somebody who has a tough time just saying anti-Semitic attacks are okay, bad. They don't always speak Arabic. That was, that was racist. Sorry. Regardless of the source of the anti-Semitic attacks, I do have to question your ability to perform basic moral math. And the Democratic Party increasingly cannot perform basic moral math. Good for Joe Biden for at least doing some of it. But I fear that Joe Biden is not the wave of the Democratic Party future. I was there in 2012 when, when Antonio Villaraigosa, who was heading up the Democratic National Convention, actively overrode a voice vote and allowed the, the Democratic National Committee platform to include the idea that Jerusalem was, was the capital of the Jewish state. I was there when, when he basically, there was a voice vote on it. He lost the voice vote. He just overrode them. I remember this vividly. And now you have 200 Democrats who voted in the House not to cut off funding to groups that fund Hamas. So yeah, the future of the Democratic Party does look a lot more like the squad and like Jamal Bowman and like AOC and like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib in terms of their anti-Semitic attacks on the... Um, I'm not sure about the anti-Semitism of all these Democratic progressives, but I do at least see a bit of humanitarian consistency with them. Um, that's the only thing is like with conservatives and liberals, uh, at least on the mainstream level, don't seem very consistent with their humanitarian causes and what they usually condemn and what they're supportive of. So at least with the Democratic progressives, I've seen a pretty consistent level with it. I would say they still get moved around by the same trendy politics and they don't necessarily speak out in um, the same kind of criticism for a lot of Democrats that they would share with a Republican president, mainly because they're afraid of betraying the party that they have to run in uh, due to the duopoly. But um, yeah, I guess a case could be made if you know you just say things and don't have any evidence to really back up the claim. So... Yeah, for sure. The Jewish state, and by extension, a certain level of tacit support for anti-Semites in the United States, and sometimes not so tacit. I mean, AOC was meeting with... with like, again, um, I, I, I'm, I just want to say before he closes out that I think that Jewish people probably do need a state for themselves because conspiracy theories of them running the world exist here in the United States as well. So at some point with the wrong kind of leader, it may not be safe to be in America as a Jew. Um, so I, I, de I do definitely believe they should have their own safe place and state. It's just hard for me to agree with the amount of corpses and displacement in order to do that, to say that this is the best way possible of doing so. Um, that's my contention. And I feel like a lot of people may or may not share it, but we're just, you know, stereotyping and glossing over and generalizing everybody and everything.
Thank you for joining the Whaley Dyer. I'm not really going to let him finish his point because I'm, yeah, I'm pretty triggered and I'm sick of this. So I'm going to hop out. Thanks for joining Tox News. Uh, like if you liked it, dislike if you don't. I saw that new dislike. I'm digging it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, rate, review, subscribe. Um, the Twitter at ToxinPod, T O X N P O D. And, um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, happy Tuesday. Uh, I hope you have some delicious uh, tacos because Tuesdays are for tacos. Thank <laughs> you.